spidey senses tingling. Hello, Slimbo. Good to be back on the Paper Keg. Welcome back to Paper Keg Jonesy. Just feels right. Just feels right. Feels we, good. You've been missed. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Paper Keg podcast where we talk at industry news. The three of us. There's usually four. Hold on, Slim. Oh, I'm sorry. Farrington one-upped me last episode and did the introductions. I can't let that stand. You just go ahead. So now oh, I'm going to do the introductions. No. Sitting to my immediate left, the brainchild birther <laughs> of Paper Keg. Birther. Wearing the Nerdcast Online throwback, Mr. Mm-hmm. Slim on the Twitter. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Reader of Star Wars fan fiction, notably, <laughs> most notably. That's alleged. Writer of Dexter fan fiction, yeah. I think. <laughs> Writer. To my immediate right. The one, the only internet celebrity, his friends still call him Dale underscore A, Mr. Dale underscore A in the house. Thanks, Jonesy. It's a, a very special Memorial Day episode of Paper Keg. Yeah, it's all about the vets. Yeah. yeah. That's, what we're, that's, why we're, that's why we do this. It's for the vets. It really is. It really is. Uh, Jonesy is back on the show from being on assignment. You know, he, he is a writer. Yeah. You know, he's putting together... Uh, a comic book with the Brad Heitmeyer, who does the covers, does the covers yeah. for our podcast. Didn't do this week. He's on. He's on assignment. Uh, we want to thank at Mandy Boo on the Twitter. She put a lot of time into that cover, and it turned out great. Shout out to Mandy Boo. I just glories. saw her for the first time about five minutes ago. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Mandy Boo. I uh, jade my pee. The uh, the show. You know, we talk about industry news. We get into what we're reading. We do a book club book. You know, this week it's Morning Glories. Get your letters in. Letters at papercake.com. Check it out. And uh, so let's, uh, you know, welcome back, Jonesy. Wow. Thank yeah. you. That was a how was, how was the two weeks off? Well, uh, it was painful. I don't like being away from the show. I imagine. But it allowed me to go, uh, you know, go see a couple movies to research. Went and saw Thor, hmm. Little Known God of Thunder. Yeah. Played by the guy from Star Trek, Chris Hemsworth. I've heard about that. Not going to lie. Thought it was going to be awful. Turned out to be really excellent. High five, high five, mental high five, mental my, high five. My wife enjoyed it even. Funniest part of the whole experience, Farrington and I went. That is and, hilarious. Uh, yes, Farrington on White guys and black guys hanging out together in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of, uh, uh, you know, of course we knew there was going to be that after credits blurb. Right. So we stayed in our seats and about 20 or 30 seconds into the credits it says, you know, story by JMS. Yeah. We stop. Look at each other and both go, JMS. <laughs> but I was more like, ah, JMS. Yeah, he, uh, did you read his run where he kind of read? Like, I did. I actually read it for this episode so I could review it. And it was it. Oh, so we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get, we'll right, get we'll, into we'll it. We'll save it. Save, save it. For the show. But, uh, save the show. I thought the movie was, um, was like a, it almost felt like an action comedy buddy cop movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of was. On the scenes that were on Earth. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Asgard was all Kenneth Branagh in his glory. I mean, he, he lives for that kind of poetic Shakespearean kind of stuff. It was so, great, though. Dale's, like, exhausted just thinking about all that yeah. Shakespearean stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. good. It was, it was, they did a, I think they did a real good job of Asgard. I had my doubts watching the trailers and stuff and seeing Asgard. And, like, big, it looked like plasticky kind of helmets and stuff. But right. it really looked it really looked good. Well, 
the thing I thought that was probably the most subtle thing about the movie, but I thought really worked, and stop me if you guys didn't notice this, but they're trying to in- integrate Asgard into this realistic Marvel universe that's going to feature Captain America and Iron Man. And most of the, even the weapons and the, the Bifrost was, it, it was all like clockwork technology. Mm-hmm. Like the Bifrost wasn't just a big rainbow that you could walk no, everywhere yeah. to. It was like a, um, what do you call it, like a teleportation gun. And even Thor's hammer had like uh, mechanical lines on it. I thought that yeah. was a a subtle way to integrate itself in this movie Avengers universe. Did doing. you like the James Bond homage at the end of the movie? Did you notice it? Refresh me, because I probably didn't uh, forget about it. James at, Bond historian. At, <laughs> actually, Jonesy would be technically oh, yeah, the historian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the end of the movie where it said, Thor will return in... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I, I turned to Farron and says, what is this, Thunderball? And then he <laughs> yeah. didn't get the reference, so... No, I don't think Mark Farrington's seen any Bond movies, let's be honest here. Right? Mark Farrington. He's black, but, that's what uh, I'm trying to say. I mean, that's the rumor. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I really liked it. I did yeah. enjoy Thor. X-Men's coming out. That looks even my wife when we saw uh, Hangover this past weekend uh, spoiler turned to me and said uh, that, that's a life spo- sorry Mary that's a life spoiler right there we saw the movie life spoiler she, <laughs> life spoiler <laughs> she turns uh, she turns to me and goes I, I think I want to see that hmm. and I was like yes I'm gonna get some later <laughs> <laughs> you guys get turned on by some freaky that's stuff that's right I wore a Magneto Bottom helmet line. you know um so actually, got, like, diamonds? The, on the Thor, Cameron uh, at Jurassic Alien wrote a great piece. You know, he he felt there were some things lacking in the Thor film. You know, I I, I read his article and I agreed. I, I think Peg.com, check it out. Uh, Thor had some glaring plot holes that it tried to make up with comedy, and I I thought that it it did. You know, I, I suspended my disbelief. Suspend it. You got to. Every time I, you know, I uh, I thought I was going to be like, this doesn't really make sense. You know, they were hitting Thor with a car, you know, or something crazy. Or they were, you know, they were drinking beer at a bar. It was it was cool. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I got what I wanted out of the movie because, you know, as notoriously vocal about Thor as, as we here are on Paper Keg, I did have, I had no expectations and I was pleasantly surprised. But I definitely see where he was coming from. And lovers of Thor may feel the same way wherever they are. Yeah, they I, I'm not going to lie. This uh, this, this movie made me like Thor. I mean, I, I I preached that the only Thor comic I ever liked was the Death of Odin maxi story arc. But now you know I might uh I picked up the JMS run. Maybe I'll read some Thor and understand a little uh, better why I like maybe uh, Thor now. Takes his shirt off a few more times. You know. I mean, <laughs> well, well. I mean, if he was the hammer and held it. Flashpoint. <laughs> Flashpoint. August, uh, we talked about this previously. We're going to have a huge mega roundtable article coming up on the dot com. Check out for it. Yeah, and look it's out for be it. Good. Well, let, me, let me ask a question, though. Mm-hmm. And this is something I'm not clear on. Is Flashpoint paving the way? For the DC reboot, should we should we pay, should we pave the way for the listeners that don't read Flashpoint? Should please, we, we yeah, please pave it. Absolutely. Um, bottom line is, Flash. He's in an alternate timeline. You know, something happened with the space and time mm-hmm. continuum, the speed as it force. always as it always does. Uh, so he's in a world that's changed. You know, Batman is Thomas Wayne. Cy- right. Cyborg is running the show. He's he's a big time hero. He's Cyborg. Like, oh yeah, Cyborg. Teen Titan. Uh, we don't know Cyborg. where Superman is yet. You know, he might be in a cryogenic tube as a child. We don't know. 
Um, but there's only one comic book solicited for the end of August. So, And there's a big announcement coming from Geoff Johns and Jim Lee yeah. about the future of Superman. So there's, really? there's rumblings that things could be rebooted come oh, September for everything. Do you think maybe they'll go straight up Earth 1 for everything? I don't know. They should. I'm telling you that right now. Although know. probably not because JMS is writing that awful Superman Earth 1-2. Yeah. It's coming out. Ooh. Earth 1-2? Yeah, Earth 2. 1-2, Earth <laughs> coming in. Um, I don't know. I, I I would get me to read, you know? They would. They should reboot Superman. Reboot it. You know, maybe they just did Secret Origins, so I don't know what else they could do. That was like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Where they, were, they kind of made that canon. Yeah, but they, they rewrite his origin every two years and it's still the same damn thing. I know. Yeah, but it, uh, even if it's a it's calls for a reboot, it would it, how would that equate into Earth One? That's the problem, because yeah. right now it's six one six or whatever DC calls it over there on the the DC universe air quotes. Marvel six one six. I don't even know. Marvel six one six. Yeah, I'm just I'm saying uh, that's DC's equivalent. Whatever that yeah. is, Earth Two. Yeah, Flashpoint like, changes that world. Mm-hmm. Why is the Flash the glue that holds the DCU together? So we telling that because Geoff Johns. I don't think they're going to reboot. I think they're just going to go to number ones. That's what I think. Right. Okay. Well, let's... Uh, I think they're going to go to number ones across the board. Superman number one, illustrated by... I don't know. I was about to just break news, know. but I'm not sure. I don't know. You had such a look on it. I, was, you I had, might I was, throw out Jim Lee. Who I was knows? slightly oh. seduced. We talked about on the Twitter with, uh, with Farrington Says... Who's on assignment once again? Uh, God love you, wherever you are, Farrington. Detroit, Mark. Chicago. You know he's going on. I don't know what he's doing. He's got webinars to watch in another city. Um, Hope he has coffee tables there to put his big bare <laughs> foot on. Mark Wade. You know, I, I said maybe Mark Wade's going to take over Superman. Wouldn't that be cool? I don't think it'll happen though. Uh, uh, McElhenley said, or was it McElhenley and Farrington? He said that he burned too many bridges. He doesn't want to go back to DC. I heard that. I don't know. I think GF John's going to write everything. I think. Um, now, if you get Jim Lee on the art, he already did a, a you know year run on it, but that was bad. I think maybe if the DC brass says you know we have maybe they're noticing a decline in sales, moreover than you know the one percent decline or whatever. If they want something like that to pick up steam along with a number one, they're going to need a creative team that just blows your can pants I, off. Can I blow your pants off right now for a Wonder Woman artist? Blow my pants off. Darwin Cook. Oh, what? man. I love Darwin Cook. I would buy that in a hot minute. I would buy that, too. I'd minute. buy it several times in one hot minute, singular. Several. I'd find multiple iOS devices to download it from in a single day. I don't think they would be smart enough to make it on sale. You know, that would be huge. Can you imagine if they uh, reboot uh, the three main titles... You know, maybe the ancillary titles. I think that's a word. All number ones, same day digital. Man. Boom. In your <laughs> face, Jonesy. <laughs> I just yewed in my S's. You know what I mean? Wait, you did what? Yewed? I yewed in my S's. What's a you? You figure it out. What are we, all of a sudden, we're spelling it out for people? I don't know. That's, that's what I'm saying right okay. now. That's, that's what I think is going to happen. You know, we can lead into... Um, I wrote online that I don't I don't think the big two is going to get digital comics, Jonesy. No, no I'm starting I agree. to I'm starting to lose hope. I I claim to be a digital evangelist, you know, but I'm losing hope. I'm losing hope right now. Don't lose hope. I, you know, I, I read your your rant. Was it a digital comics six months later, four months later? That was one. Yep. Yeah, I, 
you the point you make up where it's just they're still fiercely loyal to you know your LBS and retail and things like that. I think it's just I hope that creator owned books make such a splash in digital that they just can't be ignored anymore. Because mm-hmm. I think it's it's almost going to come up confrontationally. I mean, the big two have such a stranglehold on the industry right now. They kind of just think they can do whatever the f they want. But you know, it's a it's like a grassroots movement. Like everybody in mm-hmm. this room I know, my core books. I don't even think I have a big two core book. I mean, I pick up you know Amazing Spider Man because I'm following an arc or an mm-hmm. artist. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to absolutely making sure I read something, it's you know irredeemable. It's not you know yeah. It's not a big two book. I'm not. If I miss an issue of Detective Comics, you know, I'm not going to be upset. But if I miss the newest Irredeemable, I'm going to be kicking myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> what's what could possibly happen, hopefully, is the big two and and all these uh, other publishers see how successful that these creator-owned books are doing outside of, you know, your iOS apps that sell multiple comics. I mean, creators are selling PDFs. For half the price, and they're and they're doing probably just as well as their books would do in an iOS app, and charging double the price. And I think it's, I think they're gonna they're gonna push the charge for maybe the big two kind of saying, well, you we can join them or we can be against them, and you know, let's just keep the love. You know what they should the do? You know what they should do if they they restart at number one, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman. You know, make the first issue a dollar ninety nine and put it in their apps. Yeah, whatever happened to holding the line at one ninety nine? No, it was two ninety nine. Yeah, that's two ninety nine. Yeah, they started doing three ninety nine and then they promoted that. Yeah, they but there's a, there's some three ninety nine books out of DC. There is. Yeah, yeah. they're but not they're holding like, the line. They're like big oh. event books, so I guess they think they can just get away with it. Well, that's not holding the line, is it? You, you lied to me, G.F. Johns. You should write him a letter. You lied right, right to my freaking face <laughs> at, at New York Comic Con last year. <laughs> I, uh, but I think um, we'll see. You know, September they could change the game digitally. I don't know. Um, yeah, they will. Why don't they take all these mega millions they're making from these comic book movies and throw them, reinvest in their own business model? Wouldn't that be the best way to perpetuate? That'd be the comics? best love letter to take some of the, those these origins. Let yeah. let the writers. Make more than twenty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Let them have a lifestyle they can maintain, so they can, you know, want to write better stories. And, you know, instead, yeah. what pay, do you? Yeah, pay Brewbreaker a couple thousand bucks extra books so we can take a break. You know? yeah. he's so he's not like writing a, nine titles. You yeah. don't, you don't pee where you e, as they would say. You know, <laughs> and they do say. Isn't that. it s where you e? It could be. Or, could, or poop. I, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Can we say poop? I don't know if we can say that. That's family friendly. Um, last news item. Before we get into some books, Wonder Woman pilot has been passed on. Not going to say this. Well, I am going to say this. Not shocked. <laughs> Why? Not shocked. Do you, do you think in this day and age Thoughts. there can be a Wonder Woman uh, TV series? Absolutely. Successfully? But, it, but it can't be Thema, Themyscira based. And I don't think it could be flashy because then it's going to just be... You're not going to get girl readers by just trying to have you know her rack in a red tank top. So mm-hmm. you know, I think it's going to have to be some real clever writing. Do you Maybe. think they should stick to the original costume or, or try the new Jim Lee one? I, I don't think they should go all Jim Lee. Maybe like a nice amalgam of both. Tweak it a little bit. But, um, I mean, the, the core 
comics audience is going to give it a shot because it's a comic book property. But if you're really wanting to get new viewers in, you have to mainstream it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can't right. have fantastical things in the first season. Take like take it down to like a, I mean I don't want I don't want to use Smallville as an example because that that became totally comic book based after the first couple seasons, but do something where it's more grounded. You know, maybe maybe she doesn't know her origin. Half the story is her trying to figure out where these powers are coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, and then maybe have the big reveal at the end of season one. You know, just like a a, a matte screen of Themyscira, and then you draw readers into her real origin. We know love in the second season. Signed up right now, Jonesy writing the next pilot Jonesy for Wonder Woman. Writer. <laughs> hey. writer. I'll do what I got to do, babe. Oh, I like it. I Lord. Think, I, think, uh, even the, I think even the costume they went with, I don't know. It's probably the same reason why the first X-Men movie went the route they did. It's just, I don't even know. Maybe it's because I didn't see it on film. I just don't think it worked. It just The blue latex hot pants? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I fanboy had the, they got a hand on the pilot, and they watched it, and they said that she wore that in a few scenes. But there was like a note saying, you know, a video effects cover up to darker pants. And then she wore the darker ones. And then at the end, she wore the actual suit with like the little hot pants. Yeah, I don't know if that. <clears throat> How is that going to possibly know. work on television? I don't know. Didn't she have a pretty sweet armored costume that was a little less scary? Where she was kind of like a warrior? Yeah, where, where she at? She had maybe some kind of like knee plates that came up higher. Mm-hmm. And I remember her in the seventies. She wore like an all white outfit, like a white jumpsuit or right. something. Where she didn't have powers. She was she, she was became a ninja Diana. for a while. Yeah, <laughs> ninja. The ninjas go to when somebody loses their powers. They uh-huh. go through mandatory ninja training. Absolutely. Let's um, let's move on into some uh, into what we're reading. You know, all right. Let's get into That's it fine. right now. Who wants to go first? You know, this is the segment where you know we read a lot of books. You know, Dale has a kid. He still weasels in the time. Kid. I have a kid. Not much. That, not much time today, you know, this, this week. But. We all, we all, we all write for the site too. We're trying yeah. to make it. I mean, make an empire happen. If Mark Farrington is even here. Funny Valley out there has got a little funny money, a little venture capitalism money. Come on, just wants to throw us some seed money. These guys need need formula money. Is what they mean. <laughs> so, so we're in the uh, we're in Similar. Paper Keg East. You know, as it's called, right, Dale? Is yeah. this East? This, yeah, sure. Is this East Central? You want to go first, uh, Jonesy? <laughs> Whip out your notes. Let's do it. Amazing Spider-Man 662. Now, this, uh, this these are the, like two fill-in issues before Spider-Island. Right, right. This is not the, the Dan Slott story arc, overarching story arc. Uh, this is the follow-up issue to What If Spider-Man Were Teaching Avengers Academy. It's a what if? Not what if. Oh. I mean, it happens in continuity, but yeah. it totally breaks away from the arc we've been reading for a while, which mm-hmm. is him pounding around with the FF. So uh, I believe you you talked about 661 last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was so, the start uh, of it. Instead of summing it up, I'll just go what I liked and didn't like about it. Uh, one, I forgot. I don't know how I forgot, but I forgot that Spidey lost his spider sense. Yeah, I know he forgot it. They keep reference back to it, but I, I didn't Was that, that in the uh, battle with uh, the new goblin? Did that happen? It might have been. I think it was before he joined the FF. Hmm. Yeah, that was definitely before. But uh, I, I like I like him better without it. I think it's I cool. Don't know, I think that that's a, like a crutch for his character that you know it makes him you know he'll always know what's happening and he references the fact that it's harder to be Spider Man without it. Avengers Academy, its premise is um, someone saw the future of these kids and they turn out to be the greatest Avengers villains, so they try to train them to do good. Is that right? Right. That was. Um, 
I think that was Bendis who laid the groundwork for that in New Avengers, where they go to the future and uh, alternate old Tony and alternate old Hulk tell them who's going to be the, you know, who's mm. going to end it all. So they find these kids in current timeline and try to make them Avengers. It's a pretty good idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Give Ben to some props. No. Yeah. Even the stop clock is right twice a day. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, and I think the groundwork for that was uh, Norman Osborn was brainwashing these kids during the dark reign to become what they would eventually become in the it's future. It's always the brainwash. Yeah. It's yeah. always the brainwash. Um, pretty standard, uh, like Farrington would say, like story by numbers writing. You know, Spidey takes him out. Onto the streets, and you know they get brainwashed, and then, mm-hmm. of course Spidey has to fight them all, and you know figures out that even though he's not the strongest guy in the Avengers, like he still got it, and then sure that does. teaches them the real lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest detraction of this book is Spider-Man's new girlfriend is not in it. I love that character. And she got and ditched for two issues. I yeah, guess. no, she's not in it. Not even mentioned. It's all. Well, it's like a two-part one-off, just about him and the Avengers Academy. She was in the first uh, six six one, was she for a just a panel or yeah, two? Yeah, it, it, it had was to cool. be quick. Yeah, because uh, they were basically Peter and Carly were walking through Central Park or something. Is that her name? Yeah, Finally, Carly. I know her name. And uh, I call her Mary Jane too. <laughs> Jeez, it's Jam Carly. Uh, but uh, he he was actually talking to her, you know, as real as he could about he was he had an opportunity to substitute teach. You know, that's all as far as he would go, but he was going to substitute teach damaged kids, you know, who need a, a figurehead. And, uh, you know, she was uh, she was talking to him, you know, this is what you really like to do. So give it a shot, even though it's a substitute teaching job, you know, I, blah, blah, I, blah. So they were walking through the park holding hands. I like that. So does he teach in the costume as the cover? Yes. Yes, he's teaching in the Spider-Man costume. Hmm. Um, they, yeah, he, they don't know. One of the funnier moments is, like, um, he's talking about um, – how how you should save people and what the right thing is. And the kids are all, of course, this generation of kids growing up, and they're like, you know, you should have incorporated, and then you could have done some charity work, and then you could have done – I mean, it, it, that part I thought was pretty smartly written. Hmm. But yeah. um, So next yeah, next issue is Spider Island. Yeah, Is that right? Yeah, I think uh, 663 leads up to 666, which is the big... Yeah, I, sick, I think 666 kicks off Spider Island, so... I wonder if they did that on purpose. You know, mm, two fill-in issues. Mark right. of the Beast. <clears throat> I did see the uh, uh, promotional art where the Statue of Liberty has the Spider-Man face painted on it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I just hope it doesn't turn into a, another Punisher versus the Marvel Universe... Remember that where everybody's got the rage disease and only yeah, it's terrible. Only pun- oh my god, terrible! So here's open. Let's uh, let's change gears. You know, yeah, we got up. a jam-packed show. We got to just keep it rolling. Slim's gonna do just that. The Rocketeer. Whoa! Oh, great book. The Ooh, Rocketeer Adventures. Really wish I read that. Number one. I don't know about you guys, but I I grew up with the Rocketeer. You mm-hmm. know the movie. Mm-hmm. Cliff Secord. One of my uh, very earliest memories of reading a comic book was uh, this old trade magazine style uh, Rocketeer book that my dad had. Very awesome, you know. Those wow. I was paging through it, and there was there's some Scandi Scandi shots, scandalous. Scan- that's a slang Betty? for Scandi. That's short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A Betty pinup. Betty. Betty. Oh yeah, she's got some pinup shots in that boy. Wow. wow. My wife doesn't listen. I'm good. Look out. Um, 
But I remember being a, I was like, whoa, there's a 99% naked woman in front of me right now. What's happening? Tassels? I mean, what are we talking about here? You know, she's she's got like the leggings and the heels and she's the, the elbow length gloves. Oh, uh, just let that marinate for a like while. Rocketeer her somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it queued up. We got I art in my pants. Um, so yeah, this is this is kind of a love letter ode to the character and also his late creator Dave Stevens. Uh, Mr. Cassidy does the first story. Oh yeah, magnificent. Love love seeing him do something you know other than terrible covers that he's <laughs> doing now. Um, and the second one involves Betty. Um, you know, wondering why she hasn't heard from, from her man at the war. You know, why is why did she why did he stop writing? Flying around on a rocket. That's why her head's probably a spin with you know dreadful. It thoughts. definitely was a spin. I There's no doubt about that. Do remember when the news and you know what I was really upset about? This was not heralded a lot. This is kind of a big deal because a lot of creators wanted to get in on this. Sure. You know, they, I mean, everybody asks because that's what they I think, grew up. I think they're going to have, you know, more issues with other homages. But I don't remember, like, seeing a lot of promotions for it. For this particular book? Yeah. I don't remember who it was. at IDW maybe yeah. put it out? Because I, I think know. that it's the first issue was in their app. Okay. The preview. Yeah, I don't if know how, I much, a, how much clout IDW has to kind of promote stuff. Yeah. But if I had Cassidy and I had, you know, Kurt Busiek on a book, I'd be... Singing yeah. it from the mountaintops. Exactly. And Is that who did the second story? Yeah. This week's music. <laughs> they, because uh, when they re-released the the hardcover to the the original run, that was promoted pretty big time. Was it? Yeah. They need to get promoting. They do. Hardcore. That's, that's awesome, Rocketeer. Hardcore. You just been on the score. How does that feel? Feels good, Dale. Exactly, IDW. How does it feel? <laughs> Dale, what are you reading this week? <laughs> My love letter to Mr. Chris Bacello. Oh. I said it the new way. Ba- the new way. The, he, un- he uncovered ev- evidence. Bacello. He uncovered evidence that it's pronounced a different way. Yeah, I was uh, perusing the YouTubes for my, for my main man, Chris Bacello, and I found some Canadian... Interview. You can see the way his head is cocking back and forth as he says that. Where's video keg? We need to be on that. <laughs> um, and it was like a little interview, interview ditty, you know. And this cat was interviewing Chris Bacello, and he said Bacello to his face, and this guy didn't correct him. So I'm assuming from here on out that's, that's how you say that's his name. Video evidence. That's for but, number one. <laughs> but CB could have just been being a nice guy, you know, like who's this weirdo, you know, trying to get an interview spot for. 10 minutes. Yeah. I'm going to let him say what he wants because I'm busy. I would hope that the interviewer was like, we're going to roll tape. Why do you say your name? (laughs) Right. Do you think that's an insult to the creators if you double check their pronunciation and their name? I wouldn't be insulted. I don't think so. I think it's a compliment. I'm trying to get I don't the want to be trying like, to get the we name got right. Chris Hones here. You know, I want him to double check it's a general. You know what I'm saying? So, Chris Bacello. He's got a little work on Avengers number 13. Hmm. Brian Michael Bendis. Filling issue from the, from the B Man. Looks like it. Did you I guys w- read this? Uh, I, actually, I actually picked it up only because of the B Man. Yeah. You know, Did it's it. in my. Didn't I don't, I don't have your it list here. to no, read. It's in my pull list to, to read. Hmm. To comment, you know, just a high level, it, it wasn't shed. It's not shed it's level. It's not shed level, but I think I get the feeling that he's always trying to play with his art styles even this mm-hmm. far into the game. And that's very possible. 
It was a very enjoyable read. It, I, I like the art, but it wasn't shed. Yeah, he uh, actually, since I read that issue, I went back into the archives to because this is around the era when I'm still reading X Men. I'm, I'm still not even caught up yet. Remember when I started that like yeah, eight months like, ago? That was on the comics. Wow. <laughs> Um, the I was reading that uh, there was an era where he did monthly X Men stories. Uh, oof, God, that style was out of hand. Yeah, was it? Not good. Mm. Not good nowadays. Um, I was also I also got into the new X Men era where he did oh, yeah. Assault and Weapon Plus. Oh God, shut it down! Shut it down! No. The issue where Cyclops is missing and he's he's at the Hellfire Club. You know, drowning his sorrows away, and one of the dancers turns into a redhead for him, and Wolverine is there. Oh, God. I think I remember that. Oh, God. Did, stop me if I'm wrong. Uh, he did the character model for Phantom X, didn't he? Uh, the first I time Phantom X was debuted, he drew him. I think his, debut, plus, I think his debut was Weapon Plus, I think, uh, because that's where he, Wolverine was at the Hellfire Club to meet him, and he, he got Cyclops to join their little mission. Right. His drawing style of Phantom X made me hate the character. Mm. What a cool concept. Mm -hmm. An old discarded weapon that he doesn't have real powers, but he's hooked up to an alien spaceship. It's a pretty cool concept. Yeah. His drawing of Phantom X immediately turned me off. His his, his style towards the end of that arc definitely slipped. Like four four issues is generally, I think, his four, – four issues in a row is where he kind of pushes his limit because even in Shed, he – Mm, he had yeah, to yeah. help during the last two issues. And through the Shed arc, he was, like, channeling Todd McFarlane and all that stuff. So I'm always going to think of him as, as the Shed, the guy who did Shed, oh, yeah. not this other mm -hmm. stuff. I think he did Ultimates Volume 3, too, mm. maybe. He did Ultimate uh, War. Yeah, and I liked Ultimate. I thought I liked the art in Ultimate War. Yeah. His one splash page at the end of the second issue where uh, the, it's the line where Cap's like, I'm going to take Xavier down just as hard, and it's cap and the t-shirt holding the shield mm -hmm. i that's like that's a that's an nb right there no burner boner no boner <laughs> nb hashtag no boner i can't <laughs> say <laughs> george bush is here <laughs> uh yeah but it's uh it sucks that you know, his output is usually like three issues four issues mm -hmm. and he's toast he's got to take a break i think cubert yeah. is like that now adam cubert uh i caught up to a lot of the x-men stuff where he started doing uncanny where uh, Wolverine was uncovered to be a scrawl. Scrawl. Oh, um, oh, this is around the era where the new death for Apocalypse showed up, and it was really Wolverine, and that's how he got his adamantium Oh, back. that was a long time ago. Yeah. Wow. And you, I could tell, like, the first couple issues of his run were really awesome, and then you could kind of see the art style gets a little different. No, no better example for that than his Superman run. Right. The first issue of his Superman was like, you know, a Picasso, complete work of art, and then right. I think the annual that he did was just like completely different. Cripes. I think he's. I think he likes to get, like, if he's going to be known for a story arc, he always wants to put his best foot forward. I just think he always has those breakdowns in his head, from then on, and then as he's trying to, you know, change breakdowns, he loses the edge a little bit. Because mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. he must invest ninety percent into getting like these incredible panels for the first issue and then i think he's so afraid of repeating himself he kind of goes off the beaten path because mm. i mean some of some of his panels even even in later issues of shed 
Like I, I just couldn't follow as much as I could those first two issues. Mm-hmm. And he did that uh, run. He did a couple issues of the X Men, right? Uh, the the um, vampire reboot one. Yeah, you know, I panned that. Yeah, yeah. I haven't I had um, attention to that. Speaking as well. of Adam Kubert, Astonishing Wolverine and Spider Man, number six. What was it five? Six. Six. Yeah. The six. Final, final issue. How great was that? Final. Yeah, man, that extra time worked. The art in yeah. that is awesome from Adam Kubert. Man, very sad for Spidey. You know. Ah, did you read it? No, because I I read the first three and then I ju- I got them all, but I just haven't the, read them because uh, I'm behind. The it involves um you know it, it involves you know they, they battle Mojo. They've got these time traveling diamonds that are causing havoc for them, um, and eventually they get stranded in this one era for three years, and they just kind of make peace with each other and their lives, and they settle, and then. Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna uh, spoil it. Everyone, fast forward. No, 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 no. don't spoil it. Don't no, spoil for me. Because don't spoil it. Is that what you said? No, spoil it. Okay, again. yeah. So fast forward 30 seconds to a minute. Right now. Okay. A new spoiler sounder. <laughs> We're about to spoil you. It's your favorite comic. <laughs> don't listen. Just fast forward. It might make you vomit. <laughs> Record that. Print it. Drop that sound. Uh, so, love it. So they're stuck. Uh, Spider-Man has fallen in love with a bank teller that happened at the beginning of the series. Um, and then these uh, characters that control space and time to make sure everything you know, is on the right timeline, they come and rip them back and, and bring them back to the bank heist where it all started. Oh, okay. So Spider-Man... You know, he sees the bank teller that he's been in love with for three years. She doesn't even remember him. There's this awesome four-panel um, part of the book where Spider-Man is just, like, looking solemnly at the bank teller and then puts his head down, and Wolverine is in the background. He Wolverine looks over, and they, they look at each other, and Wolverine just, like, looks away because he knows what happened. He's uh, really bummed out. He's bummed out for Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, that's nice. I they, mean, um, yeah. But the cool thing is, well, there's two cool things. The There's, a, I think, an issue four or five... Um, uh, Wolverine's brother, Dog, in one of the alternate timelines, is chasing after young Logan after you know he left town after he killed Rose. So because of the weird time shift, Dog is brought into present day at the end of the series. So he's 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 back in the Marvel universe. I know that was a great how awesome was that? Wow, Jason Aaron needs oh, yeah. to do that. I guess he's setting that up for, you know, probably one of the next arcs in Wolverine. Or maybe like a dog miniseries. I just like that. Um, and then the other cool thing is uh, Jason Aaron was in the book. He was drawn. Did you notice that? And the bar scene with Wolverine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bartender was at a, a Jason Aaron <laughs> serving a Glorious beard. I would do it. that, too. I think spoilers I are over. Spoilers are over. So it's Jensen's turn. Um, I went back and read The Ultimates Volume 2. Gods and Monsters. Wow. Uh, saw Thor, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember what do I? What Thor did I like best? And that was Ultimate Thor. Mm-hmm. So we went and reread it. Agreed. Classic storyline. I'll, I'll do. Your nostrils just flared at me. <laughs> I'll set it up for you. Uh, the concept of Ultimate Thor, you probably know, but in case you don't, there's some uh, question whether he's actually the god of thunder. Mm-hmm. Right. Or if he is maybe just a crazy male nurse who stole some uh, apparatus from the European Super Soldier program mm-hmm. and made himself <laughs> the God of Thunder. Uh, this does not reveal the answer to that, but it does have some of the best fight scenes 
where the Avengers attempt to break or to take Thor down. Um, I love the two five, volumes of the yeah. Ultimates. Oh, man. First five two issues. I mean, there there are scenes like um, and Millar, as much as we rag on him, set this up brilliantly for the next storyline, which is um, Grand Theft America. You guys remember that? Was that the one with the um, Captain Britain and Loki? Well, this one, yeah, where you where they actually reveal that he is actually the God of Thunder. Mm. <clears throat> but uh, in this five issues, he sprinkles in hints that Loki is really Loki and that Thor is really the God of Thunder, but you have to look for them. Like, there's a scene early on where Thor meets Volstag or Ultimate Volstag at a restaurant, and um, you're left to believe that Thor has just been talking to himself. But the conversation goes that, you know, you know, Loki is back in the world and he's changing reality. So it's you know, more, is he a god? Is he the, this crazy guy? But if you look in the background of most panels where Thor is talking to Cap or Thor, you'll see a raven-haired young man, like, walk through the crowd. Mm. And, you you know, mm. you put the pieces together later. This is really work, uh, Loki working his way through Thor's world and kind of changing people's opinion. Oh, wow. And this guy. the best... Malarism that happened in the whole book is Thor resigns for the Ultimates and says, "Look, you know, you guys don't see it, but they want to turn the Ultimates into a superhuman task force for special interest groups." You know, Cap calls them nuts, and everybody says he's crazy. But the final reveal of the book is they've taken down Thor, they've taken away his hammer, he's powerless, he's been beaten. He's in the Hulk's old cell in the Triskelion, and they cap Iron Man walking in Nick Fury's office, and he says, now that that's all over, something's come up in the Middle East. <laughs> Whoa. To be continued. There you go. I thought that was a great what happened? ending. Didn't that ultimate Thor open up with him in custody? This, did you read that? <coughs> yes. That, that was it opened? Yeah, it, that explains... Um, and not to take two in a row, but that explains that Thor is talking to Donald, the ultimate Donald Blake, and Donald Blake is kind of trying to psychoanalyze him, and Thor recounts his origin, and it's very close to uh, Marvel 616 version of Thor. You know, frost giants, you know, invade, mm -hmm. and there's a tenuous piece. Um, it reveals, though, that Loki is actually Baron Zemo, from Whoa, the first oh, yeah. from the first ultimate story arc. So when Cap gets frozen, life spoiler. Yeah, every everything was a, a misdirection. The, like the whole thing with the rocket and the whole thing of Ultimate Issue 1 was all a red herring so Loki could open the gate to Asgard and Asgard gets destroyed and with Odin's last vestiges of power, he sends the gods of before Odin sleep yeah. in his Odin bed. Right. <laughs> he may he tell he the Asgardians are reborn as men, and the only one that is not reborn is Loki, who has been trapped in this prison. So Thor wakes up. He is Thor, but he has no godly powers. <laughs> so they convince the European Union that he is who he is, and that's when they build him the hammer and the suit that he wears as Ultimate mm -hmm. Thor. It's, I mean, wow. to, to wrap up a storyline and not make it seem lame, it did, it did its job. That's, very the, good. that's the ultimate universe in the very beginning, right? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Brilliant. It was awesome. Brilliant. Are you in a book club? We are. Won't you read along with us? I think that might be the worst of the sounders. <laughs> no, I love it. We should re-record that one. We are. <laughs>
let's get into the segment of the show where we all read the same book. You sure. know, a book we've never read before. Uh, in this case, Image Comics Morning Glories. Blown Boom. away. Nick Spencer. Joe Isma on art chores. Um, now, this had just come out. I actually I heard about it, but I didn't even... I had this book confused with another... What's the What's the Cho book with the two ladies? I think Liberties, Liberty, Liberty Meadows? Meadows. I got this too confused because yeah. when we were we were waving GoogleWave.com. Yeah, uh, I said Morning Glories, but I meant to say Liberty Meadows. Is it GoogleWave.com? <laughs> I I thought the ex- same exact thing. <laughs> so That's hilarious! Right there with you. Beautiful. Um, so this uh, this book is about. <clears throat> It's been described as Lost Meets Runaways. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it tells a story about these students that are brought into this, you know, prestigious academy for youths. Uh, things aren't what they seem. Very strict. You know, they all yeah. have the same birthdays, although one is adopted, so they're not sure if that's the same birthday that they have. But it is. But it is. Um, the teacher, um, the liaison, the student liaison, is it, uh, do you remember her name? Is it Marvith? Down, Downtree? Whoa. No, we, we're both way off. Uh, who, the uh, the redhead teacher? No, the, oh, the, the glasses. Yeah, I just wanted her to hit me with a yardstick. A little TNA. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's inappropriate. I'm just saying the uh, art was that so, good. So, so, so what happens is, you know, these kids are taken to the school. Um, their connection to the outside world is cut off. They call their parents. They don't remember who they are. So it's kind of a, a, a team building scenario where they think, you know, all right, they're just trying to get us to do our best, you know, on our own. Right. Uh, so of they don't, the one they girl loses it. They don't pay any mind. That. Yeah. Um, how Jade. That? Jade. Jade. Uh, she's like losing her mind because her family won't contact her. Um, Casey, the main uh, protagonist, uh, the end of issue one, parents are dead. In yeah. the dungeon of the school. Yeah, it, it's funny when they when Casey confronts um, the, the head, not the headmaster, but the girl who's their teacher, and says, mm-hmm. "You know, Jade said that you know your parents, you know her parents didn't know her. What what kind of game are you up to? My parents would never do that, no matter what you brought in with her. Told him." And she's like, you're right. They didn't. Oh, Door man. opens. Her parents are dead. They're hanging there. Like, I, it's I the know. most terrible thing. And and immediately what happened is, in my mind, it went to a black screen and the words lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa. That and the uh, that apparatus that spins in the basement oh, yeah, or something. the mysterious device. Yeah, very, very lost-like. I'm looking up the... Um... The the liaison's name right Lost now. Lost with a lot more mental torture. Miss yeah. Daramount. Um, my okay, so yeah, so the first issue sets the stage. They're all at the school, and something is very wrong. Something's <laughs> very wrong. The students can't contact their families, and Casey's parents are murdered. My problem is welcome to morning glories. Why, why yeah. isn't Casey trying to? Why? How did she like keeps it all internally? Your parents have just been murdered, but, and yet you're just playing along with the game at the school. I thought the same thing, but if, if, when you keep reading, they allude to the fact that she is somehow different, that she shows more promise than the others. And I think, and of course, I'm not going to know until I keep reading. But I think one of the, uh, I equate it to like military profiling. Like they figure out by testing who can be a sniper. 
mm-hmm. like they're trying to figure out mentally who could handle being a superhuman weapon. I think that's where this is going. Yeah, and they would probably be organized enough to. Right, and maybe the, like the that. yeah that makes sense. Glowy bowl in the basement gives them the power. I was very it. surprised. Uh, I mean, I was shocked that the parents were dead, but that yeah. that may work. I was very surprised that the rest of the families were okay with well, that. We know of. telling their kids that right. they don't remember who they are. You know, and it couldn't be brainwashing because why wouldn't they just do that to Casey's parents? Unless they were just effing with her. That's, and it so seems like the whole too. book is this. They're just trying to f with these kids. I've read the you know Spencer has a hundred issue plan you know from beginning to end. He has everything wow. mapped out. I like that. I know. I hope it makes hundred issues. That's a yeah. lofty goal. That it is. is for a creator own book. Um, so the second issue deals with them um, in a team building experience. They're almost killed again. You know the the room fills up with water. Just another day, and it's a test for Casey to. To kind of give in to Miss Daramount uh, by you know answering this question, this testing question, and I think that that question is important to the book. Like I, after the first issue, I went very lost with it. Like you got to remember details, mm-hmm. and that question comes up in the last issue of this run. Yep, yep. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I wrote it down. Remember that? You believe yeah. that? <laughs> uh, issue three at my own notes is why isn't Casey beating the S out of Miss Daramount? That's the the one thing I just can't get past. I mean, that, that they're so submissive. Yeah, like I don't think as a reader we've been presented with enough evidence to where these kids can't fight back and be punished for it or or killed for it. You know what? Um, which confused me. You know what? I connected the dots to, or tried to make a connection is. You remember when the driver puts them to sleep on the drive up? Mm-hmm. Maybe they suppressed something in them, like part of their emotional spectrum. That it would allow them to get really generally upset about anything. The when they all they're all talking about how their parents, you know, they can't contact their parents. Casey, they ask her, and she's like, "Yeah, same with me." You know, the, to me, that you have mental problems. You have mental problems right. if you can't, you know, if freak you're not out. freaking if you're out, you're not yeah. freaking out that your parents were murdered and you saw their <laughs> dead bodies, yeah, and you're not trying to escape right the second. Then you have mental problems, and that's a problem. Like for the, me. the, the girl, that peppy roommate who showed her the dead parents. I would have snapped her neck oh, right man. there. I mean, she's been lobotomized. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like she's been totally brainwashed. She's all peppy and perky, and she's oh yeah, your parents. Yeah, they wouldn't play along, so we killed them. I would have teehee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there she she can she conforms at the the third issue. She realizes, I think, with the help of Ike, the kind of Hitler esque character. Um, you know, she should play along because what they want is for her to kind of lash out. Um, so that's one issue. There was there was not a lot. There was a lot of dialogue and a lot of exposition in the issues, you know, because I was reading. I think issue four, or no, issue five was the teacher Gibbons, where he's talking to, you know, what you find out is Casey. You know, the, right. the whole issue is him speaking, and then there's a flashback of the one character who would come to join the academy as like a you know a scientist, and you find oh, out who the yeah. head headmistress is. It's Jade. Spoiler. Yeah. (laughs) Brainwashed. So the whole time, I think maybe Jade was infiltrating the group. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Well, why bother with the backstory then in the first issue? Right. Unless they very lost. I don't know. Unless we don't know what – I don't know. Because that time frame, they're driving around in an old – they have like an old Ford truck. but We don't know. Do we know what year that is? Did they say what year it was in the beginning? 
because in the in the first issue they go with like um, flashbacks of the kids, you know, about to join the school. Yeah, I thought that too, and I <clears throat> I thought that there is nothing, no evidence presented to me that makes me think it's any more in the past than today. Like the everything seemed up to date as far as the limousine, the planes. Mm-hmm. It just seemed very up to date, even though there was no years. I wonder if if Jade is really the head mistress, though headmaster. Maybe, the maybe she maybe this is one of her tests. You know, Jonesy, your or, thoughts. Or, or, what about this? What if these people are there to be vessels for something else, and they're grooming Jade to be the headmistress's vessel? Mm-hmm. Think about face, it. Face, right? Think about astounding. it. Can we, they can open we make up, that a sound or somehow? Nur- nurse nine opens up her brain, right. roots around in there a little bit. Some <laughs> yeah. ayahuasca, maybe making room for the head mistress to download herself into Jade, perhaps. Wow. There's there's, a, there's also a character that is hanging out in the freaky room. Uh, he's kind of like a ghost figure, like a wraith. He is some kind of wraith. <laughs> Freaks me out. He's like two uh, of him at once. They, he's killed two characters. You know, the students, there's two cases where the students stumble into this room where this crazy, you know, pot is spinning. Um, I don't know if Patrick Swayze built it. I'm not sure. May have. But, but the this, one student recognizes him and calls him David. Remember that? Right. Mm-hmm. Zoe did. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the promiscuous one. Oh, the salute. Recognize him. The salute. Yeah, the salute. that's probably why she knows him. Like throwing a hot dog down the hallway with that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> you just beat out this guy. That feels great. <laughs> so I need. We need to hire an intern that just has a soundboard at all times. But yeah, uh, yeah, that was weird that she recognized him and she was completely stunned. Yeah, that she was surprised to see him again. So. So yeah, that's that's the story, you know. Oh, actually, no. The final, the second, was it the last issue? Yeah, the they tried to break Jade out because she got drugged, um, and they 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 worry about because she's unstable. So they formulate a plan to to create a diversion so they could break break Jade out. But Ike double crosses her, and has informed the faculty about these plans. But Casey knew this was going to happen, and this this was all part of her plan to get the guards to wear gas masks so June could uh, infiltrate the soldiers, the staff, yeah, to break uh... Jade out. So it was all part of her plan. So she looks like you know a super military genius for your vessel theory, Jonesy. Maybe th- you know theories aren't. Oh, no, that's where the theories slim. Now is this on the same level as your uh, Damian that, Wayne Damian. is uh, Hush Beyond? No, this is a little more thought out. <laughs> um, so, and then at the end, there's a there's a moment where uh, Miss Daramount has to save Casey from falling into this strange lava abyss in the room with the pot, the spinning oh, pot. Oh, the spinning pot, yeah. Um, you know, she says, you know, if you if you die now, you won't be able to kill me later. So she finally throws her hand up and lets Daramount pull her up. Just uh, just irks me, you know. I don't think this was happening in real life. Of, uh, yes, it's a comic book, but right. Yeah, that's the the <laughs> amount of non-realism is the most irking part. But if you think of it as like, but I I can't get enough. But that's like lost. How you just have to suspend. Yeah, all the characters belief. suppress their emotions for like six years. And right, they, they never did anything as a normal human would in those circumstances, and that's I think what my gripe is in this book. The but big, it also leave left me wanting more. I agree. I would definitely gonna keep reading this. Mm. 
the biggest mind f for me in the whole book was what if the entire doing that thing the jade and getting them all involved and plotting as a teamwork exercise what if that was all to put them in a position for Daramont to save them later and build a begrudging trust like that so was it's a very lost triple, triple cross you're good triple and cross very, you know all the students have the same birthday too they're all the same age uh-huh. which is uh, interesting so that plays into this, it um you know, it's, it, it is a lost book, and Lost was one of the most frustrating television series has ever made. So I, I have a feeling that this would be similar circumstances. But I, I don't understand how people would be able to read this monthly, though. You know, read yeah. one issue and 30 days pass. Good yeah, grief. That's, that's rough. Maybe yeah, this is be... one of the books that should come out in trade form. We'll talk about that next week. Oh, what? spoiler. Oh. Life uh, spoiler. <laughs> art, I think uh, on this book, art was, I thought it was very good, very clean. Yeah, very clean. You could recognize who was who. Yeah, at all like times, sexy ladies walking around. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Not shockingly, right. they're all in a no. Catholic school <laughs> girl outfit. No, 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 no. Like, get me some of that. Oh, my Lord. Uh, yeah, I apologize right. to our female listeners. Um, so that's Morning Glories. You know, enjoyable. That's, that's cre- a get. It's a creator-owned book. So, you know, more power to Nick Spencer and Jaisma. Yeah. I hope this blows up big for them. Yeah, this is this is excellent. I uh, I can't recommend it enough. If you like something, it's it's not a superhero book. At first, I, I'll getting into this book. I thought it was going to be like an X Men Academy kind of book. I right. thought they were going to be kind of superheroes. I but I had no expectations. I hadn't read anything about this book, and my expectations were blown away. But in oh, a yeah. good way. Like it's very good. They're not X Men. They don't have superpowers as uh, we can tell. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean this. Morning Glories Academy is a jacked up place, and uh, don't send your kids there. <laughs> is uh, Mandy Boo? We got your letters. <laughs> I'm gonna open them up. Daily's gonna, gonna read them to you. It's like I was my own backup singer. What were you gonna say? Uh, is Mandy Boo? Did Mandy recommend Morning Glories? Uh, no, Dale did accidentally oh. when we. Uh, we're discussing books to read. Nice. I don't think Mandy Boo liked Morning Glories. Yeah. She tweeted a little blurb. She, she, did, she didn't write into the show. She did, she t- she did tweet it. Uh, she doesn't write into the show. I guess she's too busy. Yeah. Could have happened. Whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Well, let's get into... Reviews, too. Review us on iTunes. Oh, not absolutely. too busy. Not we too busy. got to... So this is the segment where the you know the listening public writes in letters at paperkeg.com. You know, we want your voices heard. You know, people get tired of listening to these Yahoo's talk, like mm-hmm. Dale and Jonesy and and Mark, when he cares about doing the show. Slim too, so which he doesn't. Yeah. So. yeah, and me, even though I'm always correct. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, let's get into letters right now. Do we have any uh, some good ones to get into? Let's not read the crap. I just kidding. We got one letter in regarding Morning Glory, so I wanted mm-hmm. to read that. Good. Okay. Uh, from Don G. Mm-hmm. He read along. So uh, oh, why don't you I follow him on the Twitter now. Yeah, I mean, he's, I he's like that guy. He's making a big, himself a big president. Don underscore Garvey, I think, is his uh, underscore. Know. Very popular. Yeah, everybody's biting them now, but. <laughs> uh, Morning Glories. Hope to hear you guys are as intrigued by this book as much as I am. Assuming you haven't already discussed this, I noticed that the art, though never bad, is best described as competent. It just isn't particularly interesting or stunning. The success of this comic is entirely story-driven. Do you believe the opposite is possible? Can a comic be art-driven with bad story and get away with it for long? No, not for long. Yeah, probably short-term. I mean, look at Batman Odyssey or uh, Dark Knight Returns 2, Dark Knight Strikes Back. Yeah. 
I think uh, I think I would buy an issue for superb art, but I would never follow a line of comics. Yeah. Um, but to answer Don's point, you know, uh, the first reason. the first end of that point, I think the art is made to not blow you away on purpose, because you have to pay so much attention to the story that if every page were some like dynamically drawn splash page. I would probably find myself flipping through it more than I would reading every line of dialogue. That's just me. I, mm-hmm. I think it's a. Uh, I I think it's a little more than competent, but I I see where he's coming from. But I, if you picture the art like Morning Glory's Academy, right. you know it's very clean, clean cut, mm-hmm. nice colors. It's not anything crazy like uh, you couldn't see it. You know, a scalped kind of art style on this book. So uh, I think I think the art fits the setting of this of this uh, academy. And, um, yeah, I liked it. Dale Look underscore at, astute. Yeah. <laughs> One of my many. Look at uh, Super, Superman 4 Tomorrow. You know, that, that book had Jim Lee on art, and it was uh-huh. garbage. But books. I bought the first issue. Garbage. I bought both uh-huh. books and then read them. I <laughs> love the Azarella but sorry. Yeah. Brian A. Love to death. God. Uh, okay. So that's that. That's that. Um, <clears throat> Cough it up. Jonesy. This is a callback from last week when you were on assignment. Uh-oh. Did you enjoy Scalped, or were you also a P-word who was too scared to like this masterpiece as well? Mm. From who? who, who Paul, Paul G. Paul G. Paul G. Did you read uh, Scalped, Jonesy? Uh, I did not. Oh. Yeah. I, um, not because I, I had no desire to. I think I just... Uh, it was one of those kinds of things where time constraints was either I get ahead on these two episodes or you know i, I read scalp instead of morning glories and i want didn't want to you know not be prepared good for you um yeah but sure. and i also didn't want to be part of that dividing line that you know happened schismed Absolutely. the show i disagree there was no yeah. schism there was, but there was, I, uh, was that jason aaron jason, jason aaron. aaron i mean uh, to be honest i i can't i mean jason aaron i think is probably one of the top five most talented writers in comics right now absolutely i'm yeah. probably gonna end up write, reading it just because i love his work I think so. Uh, eat I agree that, with that, Paul G. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, you know, I like the fact that we all have differing opinions on it. Probably, I know our friendships with Slim has suffered because of it. But uh, you know, that's we don't really want to get into it. That's life. Not here really. show anyway. Uh, dudes, another week has gone by and still no article from Mark. When will you finally replace him on the show completely with the underscored bumpers? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think Melcast is gonna trade uh, trade him for a uh, mic stand. So we maybe, got something to you lose. know, maybe one of these days, you know, maybe Mark will um, will stay true to his word. Now, hang on, I'll be Mark's cheerleader here. Now, my man, you know, working a lot of hours at his job. Yeah, guys, He's got yeah. an important position. They've been sending him all over the country. You know, and maybe just cut him some slack. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> there was no author to that, so it was it was anonymous. Uh, there was, that was an anonymous. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I wrote it. That's busy. Mm. Jonesy wrote it. <laughs> uh, and that's the last Is that one. It? All right. This last one, I'll address to me because you know I gotta. I feel like I can't yeah. just avoid it. I gotta stop running from my problems. <laughs> but uh, that's just outside the podcast. So there is another one, or there? Yeah. Is oh, okay. Dale, what was the deal with that Spider-Man card you posted on your Twitter? Way to be a total douche and not stand by your word about hating her. You douche. Love Dean D. <laughs> Spider-Man. Spider-Woman Spider card. card. I What was with that? I, well, uh, all right. Spider-Woman haunts my life. She is like a, she's always there, every, mm-hmm. every corner I turn. 
And so I was just putting an example up. I was cleaning my desk at work, and there I find an identification card, Avengers ID card, Spider-Woman. It was like a free card mm. they were giving out with a comic mm. a calendar last last summer the summer Probably before. had your name and social on it so that's what uh no, it didn't so that's what i was doing and then in parentheses the running joke it's just a joke said i love you because there she's like i'm being overexposed so much that i'm starting to fall in love with her that was and, uh, yeah, maybe it was, it was a questionable uh questionable post avengers your milkshake uh, yeah, yeah listeners of the show seem to be angry you know, it's, we bring that Call out. people peas and what the Fs and watch your Bs. I don't know. They just want what's best for us, Jonesy. Yeah, that's and true look, love. And we have more listeners now, but these are the only ones writing in. So what can we do? I mean, we got to read them. Got to love them. Yep. Got to love them. Interaction, bruh. Paper keg. Paper keg number nine. Next week, American Vampire. Same for the show, Jonesy. <laughs> Don't even say anything. <laughs> All I do yet. is take a breath. Everybody relax. Jeez. Um, so we'll see everyone next week. Big show number 10. Big show. 10th episode. Oh, man. You believe that already? 10 Mile. episodes. Paper so. Keg X. Let's do it. All right. I'll see you, uh, I'll see you two next week. See Sounds guys. good. All right. Goodbye. Drink, Mark.